steal at center as Eichel lifted a stick. The free puck to Petrangelo in his own zone. Stretch pass. Eichel is in with a cutter. Third man Martinez scores! Alec Martinez, 3-1 Golden Knights. Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Bennett looking cross-eye, Stone intercepts. This time he sends it down in a waffle and go into the goal! It's a hat-trick! Mark Stone, the captain, makes it 8-3 Golden Knights with six minutes to go in the third period. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Perfection personified. The Vegas Golden Knights, seven games, seven wins, 14 points on top of the Pacific Division leading the Western Conference and uh, rolling right now out of the gate in defense of its Stanley Cup championship. We'll hear from head coach Bruce Cassidy in just a little bit. Also get into one-timers, some league news making its way as we make our way around the National Hockey League. And there's some significant heat that's being placed on the dressing room in Edmonton as they get set to play the National Hockey League's first outdoor game of the season coming up on Sunday in Edmonton. The second outdoor game will feature the Vegas Golden Knights up against the Seattle Kraken on uh, New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. You're going to go to that? I am. Nice. I'll be there. You should be there. Thank you. Chapman, you going to go to that? I don't believe so, no. Okay. I I, I wasn't invited, so. You can... We, you can stay with us. Yeah, but I mean, I got a room. Yeah, yeah, but Wallace I Wallace has got a room. I don't have a flight. Well, get off your wallet. <laughs> I'm, I'm. It's an expensive flight. I'm not I being just, reimbursed. I, I feel like if if there's somebody here that can find their way onto a flight, it's yeah, probably yeah. you. By the way, I'm I'm actually going to be up there in a few weeks. So where in Seattle? I think so. Yeah. You yeah. driving? No. So what's the difference? Well. I'm, I'm, <laughs> You just walked right into are that. You, are, no, are no. You, well, are the, you the, flying up there? The, the difference is I'm going with my family, so it's it's a little. Are we not family here? You guys are my work family, but I also have a I home family. Colleague. Okay, colleague. We know. Be we, like that. we know where we stand. Fine. It's totally R- Ryan fine. is like my work family. Yeah. You're you're just another guy, but you know. You should get up there. Winter Classic. I, I would love to go, but I, I mean, I, I need... That's the outdoor game for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then the, the final two games, there's four outdoor games in all this year, mm. are at the MetLife Stadium. Oh, nice. The stadium series. Islanders and Rangers play after the New Jersey Devils take on the Philadelphia Flyers. The New Jersey Devils with the National Hockey League's leading scorer, Jack Hughes. 14 points in five games. Hello. Was it a four-pointer last night? He's good. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. he's good. He's unbelievable. Uh, make it happen, and uh, we uh, will get into that uh, along with like, – it's always fun to check out the early season stats leaders mm-hmm. in different categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll run down that list uh, in just a little bit. But the Golden Knights uh, off to this perfect start. Uh, let's get into our game rating from last night, and then Bruce Cassidy will join me uh, in a, just a, a season look back as to what's happened so far – which encompasses the banner, the rings. Oh, he's got an idea about the banner, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so a really neat idea about changing the banner's location Okay. T-Mobile Arena. Okay, okay. I'm curious whether you'll agree with that or hmm. not, or our, our fans will agree with that. Neat idea. But let's get into the game rating from last night's uh, upset win when you consider the way the game was going. 
or comeback win against the Philadelphia Flyers. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's awesome. That's way better. Way better. Yeah, okay. And and plus, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Homer Simpson generally gets it right. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Can you play it again? Of course. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. <laughs> We've never said anything that is that accurate. No. Yeah. The yeah. cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, truth. Uh, the K- game category uh, this year is uh, is alcohol. Uh, we uh, run it down in the game rating, and based on that, uh, you have your fireball. Mm-hmm. Fireball is a one out of five gin, a two out of five tequila, three out of five right in the middle. Then you've got scotch whiskey as a four out of five and a five out of five perfect game, Dom Perignon. Chapman. I'm going to go scotch. I feel like... There were some aspects of the game that they weren't so good at. But at the end of the day, they won the game, I think, purely based on their talent level. But it was funny because I know, Darren, in the first segment, you, you said that you kind of felt bad that the Flyers didn't get a point. Like, I, I felt that way, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I turned to someone next to me during the game. And I said, you know, it doesn't matter if Philly gets a point. I'm, I don't. The Golden Knights don't care if they get a point. They certainly deserved a point last night. But they played a good game. But at the end of the day, Golden Knights' talent level just, I think, rose to the top. But it took an unbelievable play by Paul Cotter and a missile by Shea Theodore for them to beat the pesky Philadelphia Flyers. Not perfect, but it was good enough for them to get a four out of five. Wallace. Yeah, it's okay. Listen, I don't really care how they play. As long as they keep winning, as long as they're perfect, it's going to be a Dom P. It just is. And I don't know if this puts me in positivity alley. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure. You're going to have to ask. You have to apply to play. You're going to have to ask. You're really angling for that, man. No, I'm not. I'm saying you're going to have to ask. third time he's brought it up this week. The selection committee. Well, because I'm on to something here. Look, Paul Cotter, the goal, it's filthy. Shea Theodore continues to be amazing. Logan Thompson dug deep and really kept that game within reach for the Golden Knights in the second period. On the heels of of that Cam Atkinson goal, I think that that is a huge, huge thing for Logan Thompson, and the Golden Knights extend the win streak. They 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 keep adding to the this historic start for them inside of their own franchise's history and and the NHL record book. So to me, as long as they keep this one alive, I don't really care how they play. It's a Dom P. It's a five out of five. Now I got to listen to a little bit of the post game show on the way home last night, and you you mentioned the filthiest goal that we've seen at T Mobile. Mm-hmm. I, I I heard someone bring up William Carlson's goal in year one. Did yeah. anyone else bring up anything other? No, it was that one. Okay. And and I I would I would argue it's those two. Yeah. What you saw from Paul Cotter last night, and then the between the legs from William Carlson in year one to clinch the division title. Let me loop back to those two goals, because I'll, I'll give you a champagne five out of five. Yeah. Because you extend the winning streak to start the season, which is a franchise record. You extend the winning streak to start a season, which is a record for a Stanley Cup champion uh, defending its title. And you close in on the all-time record, a number of wins uh, to start a season, which is 10. So there's a bunch to, to really just dig into whether it's a great game or not a great game. But the, the idea that Paul Cotter scores in a flashy-type play that that he creates on his own mm-hmm. which is great shea theodore is rewarded for the best stretch of games and hockey that we've seen him play in a long time 
he he is right back on top yeah. of, of his game without Alex Petrangelo. So he's leading this defensive core, and uh, and he is the alpha right now. Uh, Bruce Cassidy and I will chat about that in just a little bit. Uh, but the other part of it that means a lot in the bigger picture beyond just this winning streak was the play of Logan Thompson. Yeah. He got beat a couple of times in the first period. Not a big deficit, but they're down a goal. Mm -hmm. And he is perfect the rest of the way and was challenged significantly in the second period with a lot of work and then made the saves both right before the goal and and was able to uh, stand tall right after the Paul Cotter goal. Yeah. I think that deposit of confidence in being able to remain undefeated and not lose the game on a goal that you should stop, Mm -hmm. I think was a big performance mentally and with his confidence and physically with what he was able to deliver for Logan Thompson. So the game within the game, Logan and Paul Cotter. Sure. Stepping up. Right there the with The game you. within the game. Shea Theodore continuing his early season excellence. Uh, that that's, that's a five out of five. I have here a 1921 bottle of Dom Perignon unopened. Oh, yeah. Time to party like it's your birthday. Popping bottles in the pawn shop. There we are. Five out of five. Uh, the Scrooge over there uh, making it a four <laughs> or five. As far as goals go, the, the filthiest goals. The between the legs play by William Carlson. Mm-hmm. Is that against Anaheim or San nope, Jose? San Jose. San Jose. Hoser, okay. yes. San Jose. There we go. And then the uh, behind the back, behind the, the skate. It was one skate was up in the air, but the behind the skate play by Paul Cotter last night. Could either one of you, or you're listening and you've played a little bit of hockey, what would happen if you tried either one of those plays? So, I. I have tried before the on the forehand pull the puck between between your legs move. Jacob Brabant uh, did that the other day. Yeah, uh, for Henderson. I've I've tried the Paul Cotter move a couple of times. It it never ended well for me. Not not at all. Um, you I, could easily trip I, yourself. I, you could trip yourself. I I lose the handle on it. Like oh, I it just, up, yeah. I, I just can't pull it back in with the, with the backhand and then get it to the forehand. Um, the, the William Carlson one, um, there's not enough coordination. I don't think in, in my ability on that's the, ice. the one to almost hurt yourself. Yeah. While you're doing it too. Yeah. I like do a header into the net. Yeah. hundred percent. So, um, I feel I could be closer to the one Paul Cotter pulled off, but I, I don't think I'm touching the William Carlson one. I'm not sure I could even pull it behind my foot i would fan on that <laughs> i feel like i'd tear an oblique <laughs> yes <laughs> and for me considering if i don't fall down when i'm skating it's it's considered a good skate there is zero chance zero chance in the world i could even do the first step in trying to score one of those goals gordon weigers and i watched it i'm gonna say 25 30 times today yeah. on a loop just to breaking it down and it's really just one little sliding of the puck behind his front foot Mm -hmm. because the other foot's up and you have to rely on the defenseman just making the wrong read. Yeah. You put the defenseman in a position to make a mistake, but it looks a lot busier 
than it is. Yeah, like, it, it's, there, there, there's a mystique to it. it. It's almost like, and and I know he's not levitating, but it looks like he's levitating, yeah, there, right? There, like, there's not a, a lot happening. Yeah. If you just look at the puck and where it's going. Yeah. But everything else around it completely fogs <laughs> up the situation. It's like there's a stutter step and it looks like there's a burst of speed, but it, it doesn't really work out that way. I, it's so slick. It's amazing. And the stick coming back through. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was trying to confuse the defenseman. It's actually just trying to get your stick back in a spot where you can corral the puck. And once he gets by him, so Carter Hart never thinks that Paul Cotter is going to beat his defenseman right. one-on-one from the top of the circles in. Yeah. That's not going to happen. It's one in a thousand in the National Hockey League. Sure, yeah. So Paul uh, is looking at that, and Carter Hart thinks he's going to end up in the corner or there's going to be some kind of behind-the-net play. Mm-hmm. So he's he's preparing for his post-integration, they call it, for for the goaltender because he's going to shade towards the short side. Once Paul gets around the defenseman, Carter Hart is not stuck, but he's still in a good spot, an okay spot. Yeah. When Paul moves the puck as a, as a left-handed shot more towards the inside part of the face-off circle, Carter Hart's done. Yeah. Because now the angle of that puck, where, where Carter Hart is looking at the feet of Paul Cotter, it's okay. Mm-hmm. But the puck is four feet over. Yeah. And he's done because he never thought he the, the opposition player was going to beat the defenseman one-on-one. Never thought he would be able to get that far to the inside. And that's why it went in cleanly yeah. on, on the goaltender. There's an, uh, a reliance and a trust on your defenseman. Mm-hmm. In, as a forward to the defenseman to get you the puck or vice versa or the goaltender looking at your, your teammates. That just crumbled entirely on one individual play by Paul Cotter. Mm-hmm. And the, the the shot was the easiest part of the whole thing. Yeah. Usually that's the, the most difficult sure. aspect. Yeah. But that was once he got it to the middle, he had half the net to shoot at yeah. based on that angle. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's always funny because like the, the puck has a different set of eyes. Yes. Than the shooter, right? Like and and you 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 look at that goal and that's a great example of that, right? Like what Paul Cotter can see versus where what the puck sees when he makes that move and he changes mm-hmm. that angle, the reason why the coaches use that all the time. Yeah. They put the the camera or the phone behind the puck, the camera behind the feet, mm-hmm. and it shows you how different uh, yeah. that angle is. Yeah. Uh, let's give away some tech. Bruce Cassidy right in a second. Uh, so you want to stick around with this uh, Seven Dwarfs, Santa's Reindeer, uh, Shea Theodore, Paul Cotter. There's a lot to get into. His daughter, Shannon, winning the state uh, golf title. Hmm. Uh, that's all coming up here in a second. But let's give away one set of tickets right now, 702-876-1340. Be caller number 19 right now, and we will send you to next Thursday's game between the Vegas Golden Knights up to a 7-0 start and the Winnipeg Jets, first time that they meet uh, here in Vegas since last year's Santa Cup playoffs. Uh, that's coming up. Caller number 19, 702-876-1340. Right now, uh, I caught up with uh, Bruce Cassidy regarding a whole host of topics earlier today in the coach's office. How would you describe this start to the season? Uh, I would say successful, um, room for improvement, but uh, also um, rewarding because 
The reason I say that is everyone talks about how it's tough to get going again. And so we scripted training camp to be very similar to last year. We didn't want to buy into the narrative, okay, we've got to give all these guys days off. We'll script, we'll, we'll get the schedule days off like we always do. We're just going to get through it quicker than last year because there'll be less teaching because guys understand it better. The video will be on ice. We'll get through it, you know, more efficiently. And so that's what we did. And, it, and I'm always wondering how it'll work out. But so far, so good. I think the, the, the bigger part of re repeating will be when you go, go through the mental part and whenever that might be. Is it November? Is it January? But it's, it, it'll be there for sure. Were you surprised that the record for most wins by a Stanley Cup champion was five? Yes, I, th I, I would have guessed in um, somewhere along the line years ago, someone would have had a run because of just how dominant the dynasties were, whether it was Montreal or the Islanders or Edmonton for that matter. I guess it's one of the Edmonton teams, but yeah, so I was. But I guess with now you've been through the distraction part of it, it does make sense, like trying to get it going. And everybody knows the important part is in the spring. Yeah, I think sometimes you come in and you're a little bit ahead of yourself in terms of not being prepared and, and thinking of down the road. And, and then someone's going to sneak up on you knowing it. Um, they don't want to be embarrassed, right? That's the first thing most you know. people say, well, we've got to be ready to play against this team. And that's what usually happens, it seems, at the start of the year. Someone does catch them unawares. And, um, but at the end of the day, our guys have been good that way. We've found ways to win by not even playing our A game every night. Parts of it, for sure. But So credit to the guys. Do you feel like you're in a rhythm again, back into the, the feel of the season? Yeah, and I think that could help you, too, get going. Like, we've we played, uh, I think we've played the most games in the league. If not, we're close, right? So it seems like it's in every second day. So you're building in your days off. Your practice schedule is a little lighter, so you're preparing to play. And I think guys, you know, that's that's kind of simulates a playoff run a little bit, right? Where you're you're not practicing that much, you're just preparing to play, and that's how we left it off. So for us, it probably worked out better than than maybe playing sporadically, even though that sounds counterintuitive to wanting the rest right away at the start of the year. I'd rather be playing. That's why we played our lineup the way we did at the end of preseason. I thought we need to get start getting into a rhythm, so we did that the last I think three games. I think it worked out well for us. What have you been happiest about the performance over the first seven games? Any particular line, any particular discipline of the game, power plays? Uh, penalty kill. I think our guys have really bought into what Johnny's been preaching this year, a little more um, appropriate pressure, I'd call it. Um, and our clears have been good as a result of that. I think I'm happy with the goaltending. We weren't sure, and Logan missed a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, Aiden finished as strong as any goalie in the league. so. You'd hope he'd continue that, but they've, they've had solid games. Um, and the decor, the growth of some of the guys that, uh, with Petro being out and White Cloud and Marty a little bit, of uh, Korzak and Pahal been real good. So uh, you're always looking for, I know Mark Stone's going to be solid. We know Jack and Marshy, like, you know, they're going to, no matter how they're performing right now, that those guys are pros. So you're always looking at maybe the players that haven't played as much. Paul Cotter, you know, has come, come into the, now played playing regularly and he's more consistent. So I'm looking at more of those guys that um, you don't know as well. Can they be every day or every night? And so far, those younger guys have done a good job. Have you seen Paul do that move in practice? <clears throat> I have. And the guys, there's usually a lot of hooting and hollering. And um, Paul's got some fast hands and he's got he's got a big bag of tricks. <laughs> uh, shootout moves, you've seen them. They don't always work. Um, <laughs> But uh, it certainly worked yesterday, and it was a crucial time. And I guess, 
it tells you a little bit about our team, right? It's it, like if you were a betting man yesterday, um, did you watch the game, by the way? Were you, yes, yes. Okay, yes, so yes. there you go. <laughs> um, would you have guessed Paul Cotter would be the guy scoring the tying goal? Probably think, ah, he hasn't had, as, you know, hasn't had as much minutes as other guys. Puck's not really fine. He made a good play to Theo early, but so that's the beauty of our team. I don't think he can rule out anybody making a big play. And um, you know, it's just kind of a, when you, you know, when you know things could, could go your way when those things happen. You know, I was playing that game in my head last night about who's going to step up and make the big play. And you're right, he, he wasn't front center, but he's got that game-breaking ability. What, what can Who it, was? Who did you have? I had Shea. Oh, you were be, right then. Be, beca- well, because he'd just been so active and he was getting that sifter through uh, so much uh, through the course of the game. So that, that's where I was going. Yeah, and, and he's really, uh, you know, with Petro out, he's become the alpha dog back there, right, mm-hmm. taking over. So we have to make sure, it's funny you mention that, when Petro comes back in, we keep that mentality for him. So, hey, we got to give him the minutes and responsibility to do it. And then he has to take it upon himself to say, we can have two alpha dogs back here. Why not? You know, like um, there's Rudolph and there's Prancer, right? I mean, someone had to help Rudolph out, right? <laughs> so, I mean, we have to have a little bit of that uh, with Shay to make sure he keeps going. Because I, I like, like he's on his toes and, and, he, and, and wants to be a difference maker. And that's something that he has the ability to do. You're talking and all I can think of is, can I name the other reindeer? Like, why'd you start with Prancer? Well, there's Dancer and Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. Did I miss any? <laughs> you got it. But, you I, like <laughs> but I'm seeing you going down a path, and I'm with the head coach of the undefeated Stanley Cup champions, and I'm thinking about rain here. <laughs> You've cast a, a, a spell. But it, the, the Theodore thing. Oh, all those... Dasher. Oh, Dad, and, yes. and, and, and there's one more. Donner and Vixen. And... Yeah, we, I think we named them. It's like, you want to do the... Uh, was it the the who the grump who's grumpy and sneezy? You want to do those next? Oh, no, the seven dwarves. <laughs> I know, I know who's grumpy in our department. <laughs> that, that that's the only place I'll I'll go with that. But do you have to be conscious, uh, like proactive with the alpha dog thing? Because we, it it it's there, and both players are sensational. I think we we will we will have to remind Shea because I think Petro is going to do it no matter what. Mm-hmm. He's that personality and. And we love that. We don't want to change that. Um, what's what's makes him special? But we have to do that up front too. Don't forget with with all our center icemen the way they are. Like Jack, Jack is becoming that guy, right? Again, I think he had parts of it in Buffalo, and then now he's becoming that guy here. Where <clears throat> I think success is only going to give him more confidence to do it. So we don't. We want to make sure Stevie has that mentality too, because Stevie's game has really grown over the years too, and he's also a two-time Stanley Cup champion. So. Carly, I think, will bring it every night, right? It's just who he is. Uh, he's going to play hard. He won't be as... Um, he's a bit like Theo in terms of uh, personality-wise. He's not overt about things, and he just goes about his business. So, um, but, but up front, too, we have to make sure we do that. Is that through a conversation or through ice time? It's both. Ice time has to be the first one. Uh, players know when they're, when they're leaned on. Uh, for example, Theo's been out a lot at the end of the games now, right? And that's not something in the past. It's been Petro because he's a right D. And so now if you want to play them both together, someone has to go, not, like, I know it sounds odd, play their offside because Theo's a left shot, but he's played right f- forever. So it might be foreign to him a little bit, even though he's a left shot. But we've got to make sure we use both of them. And, and Whitey's pretty good at it too. So we're fortunate in that regard. Um, and we are covered on the left. I think Nabber does a good job at the end of the games. He's long, he's blocked shots, Nick, the same thing. So we have to make sure we give 
feel those responsibilities and some shutdown responsibilities, right? Like can't always be Petro against the top line. And that's where I think we've got to make sure we build it in this year. And then Johnny's acknowledged that and we're seeing it with Theo. So, and I think Petro's the type of guy who won't be looking out over his shoulder saying, well, why the hell am I not out there? This is my role. I think he knows it's good for Theo's growth. And if Theo has more growth, it's good for the team. And that's how the way Petro thinks of things. So I think we'll be good that way. And then obviously communicating it with Theo, why we're doing it and what we expect out of him. You're a defenseman. So when you watch Theo, when he's going great, what works for him? Well, I look at the plays when he, he grabs the puck and reads uh, the forecheck the other night against Winnipeg, right? The empty net goal, we score late. He goes back, gets it. Most teams are on top. He has a presence of mind, wheel the net, see what's there. Cuts up the middle of the ice, you know, tape to tape to Nick Wads over, right? Game's over. So I know when he's on his toes and not just rimming a puck out. And, and then last night through the neutral zone once, right? Like he looks people off and goes through it. And he has the ability to do that, get attack, an attack mindset. The winning goal, he's moving on the ozone blue line. He's not just settling for a, you know, an off net wrister if the lane's not there. So um, all those things tell me he's looking to make the extra play because he has the ability to do it. And that's when I know Theo's on, he's, he wants to, and to me, that's a difference maker, right? When you're, when you're you know, there's a little bit of risk sometimes in that, but uh, a lot of reward for guys that could do it. And, and that's when I know he's not just deferring, I guess assertive versus deferring is how, you know, I would say Theo when he's on and, and when he's maybe going to have an average night. Has he been better in his own end? Because we focus so much on the offensive yeah. side of it. I think so. He's never going to be a physical guy. It's not in him. Uh, he's and he had only three hits going into last night. So that, yeah. that shows and, and, he checks with his feet, right? Yeah. We're not asking him to blow, blow people up or and, you know play through their hands. is a term we use a lot. So that means just skating through their hands. You don't even have to hit them. Your shoulders going to get in. Your hips are going to get into their body. And But for me, if his gaps are good and he's skating on his toes, he's got such a good stick and a hockey IQ, he'll break up a lot of plays that way. So he'll be right in their face without being physically in their face, if that makes any sense. And then when teams chip pucks, then he'll win the race. So n now he's put out a fire um, or any chance to attack. So that's when I know Theo's good in his own end. He's done a lot of that. Paul is a talkative guy. Yeah, what, does, <laughs> what does last night's play do for him confidence-wise? Well, a lot. First of all, he... he, he he wants to prove he can contribute every night right through to our last game of the year, which is hopefully in June, right? Not like last year where he, he, I think he established himself in the league last year, made a name for himself, but wasn't an everyday or at the end. And we just had some better players. I think Paul could have done a good job too, but I think this year he wants more of that. So for him to be able to step up late in the game where we weren't, we weren't getting a lot done will, will mean a lot for him. Like, and, and it should, he's a young guy that, uh, was a difference maker last night and um, so for him it's coming back today and still putting the work in and tomorrow and not letting it sort of get to his head I think a little bit the other day they scored in the power play in Chicago and yesterday morning in practice and power play they couldn't execute a play and I think there's a part about hey where you take him aside and say Paul be a good pro every day whatever happened in Chicago is great but we're, we're trying to get better today and work on today so you know you hear that phrase win the day or whatever but it's there's certain amount of truth to that for younger guys to make sure they don't get caught up in what they just did and sort of think about, okay, how can I keep this going? And he did a good job with that. So yes, I think it'll be good for him. Talked to a lot of guys uh, before we let you go about your day. Do you look at the banner or is it just up there? No, Cause you, when you're in different buildings, you always, pregame skates, you're looking around. 
I do look at the banner and I want them to move it um, where we can see it better. That's what I want. So I'm going to put in. Is there a suggestion box? That's there is. It's upstairs. Okay. So uh, I think it should be somewhere directly straight above, like right, whatever side of the clock you pick. You know, uh, you could put it up by the um, the flags, the Canadian and the um, Star Spangled Banner over there, or the other way where all the team uh, flags are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Either way, I think it should be more noticeable because. It's not easy to do, and it you, you know it should be out there. It's behind you when you're on the bench. It is yeah. so for me, but it's also behind then maybe half the fans mm. too, right? So I think if it's straight above it, you can see it from anywhere. I guess that would be my thing. Let's put it somewhere where you can see it from anywhere, and I and I think it it, it I'd also like the visiting team to look up and say, oh, geez, we're playing Stanley Cup champions too. I think there's a little bit of something to be said for that too. Uh, so that that would be my my thought on the banner. Thank you. Intimidation, psychological, yeah. are, you, are you that? It's, it's, it's a little bit of, boy. I like this idea. The, these guys are good, and it's also, oh boy, well, I'd like to play here. These guys mm. are champions. So you got a bit of both going on, right? It can help you in your recruiting, the right word, or, or, but also the fact that, yeah, I get them thinking, you know, boy, I don't know if I'm up for it tonight. These guys are champs. So now whether players get affected by that, I don't know, but it only takes one or two, right, maybe. And, but I think it's more just for being a proud uh, Golden Knight and letting everyone see it. It's, it's, it's not gaudy. It's a banner, and it's staying there forever, right? So let's, let's put it out there where it's a little more visual. Who's worn the ring the most times in your house? Uh, we haven't uh, done a lot of that, to be honest. Cole put it on. He Shannon. did when we got it. Shannon put it on. Um, I look at it every once in a while, but once the season starts, it's funny how that works, right? You're kind You're of sitting on your dresser. Is it no, it, it, no, it's not, and I'm not <laughs> divulging information again. In case uh, <laughs> prowlers, in case there's prowlers or whatever they're called nowadays out there, um, it's in the house. It's on the premises, uh, tucked away a little bit, but you know, accessible. <laughs> Did Shannon get to wear it after she won the state golf championship? No, she got her own medal and she hoisted her trophy. That's cool. Uh, proud dad? I, I was a very proud of her. I'm glad she stuck with it because uh, she's, she's relatively new to it, right? So, and, and was able to uh, get to play a little bit. She certainly was a uh, support member of their team. Mm -hmm. uh, they had some girls that are very strong that uh, did a lot of the heavy lifting, but I was just proud she was in there and trying to do her part. You know, it's like a tug of war. If your hands are on the rope somewhere, you're helping. And, and I think, uh, uh, she, and, and that's why I was proud of her. She stuck with it and did a nice job and hopefully she sticks with it. What's the best part of her game? Is there anything that you envy about her? Uh, her tee ball. She's yeah. got a real natural turn, good swing. She did a lot of gymnastics when she was younger, so she has good core strength. Um, so she hits it great off the tee. Her game will be like a lot of people probably when they're first starting, um, you know, thinking her way around the greens, how to get up and down, um, feel, feel part of the game. It takes a little bit of time, but hopefully she, like I said, works at it. I'm going to look up the seven dwarves right now. Yeah. Well, it's Adobe. <laughs> that, but that could that also be well? part of our department. Yeah, I've got a mirror right here. I'm looking at it and it's staring back at me. Yeah. That's perfect. Uh, thanks, Bruce. All right, thanks you. Thanks for having me. I can't even get to what my favorite part of that conversation was mm. or what stands out because that's like a seven-layer dip. Yeah, it really is. Um, I I love the fact that that he taught. He uses 
the reindeer to reference the two alphas in Shea Theodore mm-hmm. and Alex Petrangelo. I think that's just kind of phenomenal. I was surprised, legitimately, that Bruce was the one that brought up the reindeer and not you. Like, I, I legitimately... I told you. you. You told me that this was a direction that, that the, the interview took, and I thought for sure that was a Darren Millardism, and it wasn't. It sounds like something I would do. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I looked at you as I listened to it for the first time, and I said, I cannot believe it wasn't you that brought that up. Unreal. Then, then there's legitimate hockey talk in there about Paul yeah. and Shay and what they've been able to do out of the, out of the gate uh, with the breaking the record mm-hmm. and that it was only five games to start a season. And you finish it off with some cool golf talk. Yep, golf talk, dad talk. Dad talk. Always cool. Uh, the banner idea is yeah. awesome. I, I, I'm with them there. Um, and so I talked, uh, by the way, I, I took that conversation because it's up there on the wall and mm-hmm. everything fits up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. But I, I wanted to make sure that Nate Ewell, my boss, yeah. and uh, Stephanie Rogers in marketing, uh, they both knew that that was a topic of conversation. I didn't want sure. them to do side, uh, blindsided yeah, about yeah. Oh, the coach says the, the banner <laughs> should be moved. Uh, and so we were talking about it. And, uh, and it was, a. Uh, it, it makes sense yeah. where it is right now. Yeah, also makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That banner wall is getting kind of crowded though, mm. because the Golden Knights keep winning. I think it should be on a track. Yes, that rotates around the clock, that just <laughs> spins throughout the night <laughs> on a continuous circuit. Do you do that with all the banners, or just the Stanley Cup championship banner? Just the Stanley Cup. Okay, I'm there. The other ones can stay right where they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you no, sold no, me. Nobody's asked the other ones to be moved. Yeah, well, that's true. Just the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Well, let's give away some tickets in the next block, okay? The next block, uh, one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League. Dopey. Sneezy. We'll be right back. Carlson left corner. Centered one-timer score! It's time for one-timers. One-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. Let's start with the Edmonton Oilers. Went into a difficult situation without Connor McDavid last night in Minnesota and St. Paul and got hung out like laundry in a <laughs> summer day with the wind whistling and they allowed five goals in the third period of that game and lost the wild it was a big time performance by minnesota a, an answer uh, for kirill kaprizov who was kept off the score sheet the, the game before but in a game in which i was expecting or anticipating more of a focused effort, a lockdown effort without McDavid. They'll try and win in a different way. Mm-hmm. It was anything but. They have one more game. That's tomorrow against the New York Rangers mm-hmm. prior to the Heritage Classic on Sunday against the Calgary Flames. And it's gone It's gone from bad to worse. Yeah. And there's slow starts, but there's also starts that you think, okay, we need a couple of bounces we can get around it. That's mm-hmm. the way it was early. Yep. Not not the not the, the last couple. They they were not good against uh, or good enough against Winnipeg mm-hmm. in that overtime loss. Yep. That was close, but they weren't good enough in a couple of crucial areas. And and last night it was so one sided. Yeah, it's it's not great right now for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, you know, you cannot rush Connor McDavid back. 
you're going to have to find a way to win some hockey games, and you're going to have to find a way to defend better because the Edmonton Oilers are, are not going to win games. We can't play the same as you would you, with you can't. the best player on the no, planet. No, you can't. You cannot go into these games thinking that you're going you're gonna to win 6-5. to five. You just can't do it. You've got to defend better than you have. And if you can't figure that out, it's going to go from, from worse to catastrophic for the Edmonton Oilers. I still think it can be righted. There's there's plenty sure. there. Yeah. But some of their players like, that you count on weren't good last night yeah. defensively. Yeah. Uh, and coach is going to show his medal here, Gabe Woodcroft. He's got to find a way. Top 10 scorers in the National Hockey League right now. Hold on. Yeah, okay. Jack Hughes, Dylan Larkin, Alex DeBrinkett, Mikko Rantanen, Leon Dreisaitl. There's your top five. Okay. Then you got Kucherov, William Nylander, John Tavares, Les Pedersen, and Sam Reinhart. Mm-hmm. No, no surprises in there. No. Usually you'll get an outlier. Because sure. it gets off to a good start. There's there's a couple of names missing, mm-hmm. one being Connor McDavid. Yep. But no, no flashes. No, I and you know for for my money, Jack Hughes is is the is the guy that I'm going to be monitoring all season long. I've I've kind of had a, a a standing Jack Hughes. It's going to be the year of Jack Hughes over the last couple. Certainly last year lived up to the billing, but right now what he's done through six games. Pretty remarkable. Added two assists tonight for the New Jersey Devils. Jack Hughes did. And uh, the Devils were down 3 nothing, and now it's a tie game. So, got to love them. We still expect a Austin Matthews to be a, a top 10-point producer. He's just on the outside uh, looking in. Artemi Panarin. Uh, will we see Jack Eichel as a top 10-point producer? Uh, Nathan McKinnon uh, will be in there. But it's been... The, the, by and large, the stars have been Dylan Larkin and Alex DeBrinkett. Alex DeBrinkett. They're they're just a duo right yeah. now. Yeah. Will they keep it going? That'll that'll be a challenge. But it, it, it's going to be fun if McDavid misses a couple of weeks. Sure. Yeah. It opens up that scoring race. Yeah, you know, it, it really does. Um, and Kale McCarr, defenseman, nine points in six games, just outside that top ten. I, I'm interested to see, given how well Colorado has started and understanding Gabe Landeskog is not in the in the cards for the entire season, if you get a healthy Kale McCarr, I'm curious to see what that goal, what that point total can be at the end of the year. You bring up defenseman, begs the question, where, where's the guy in Pittsburgh? <laughs> well, they've been bad. No, they haven't been bad. They have been. They're not winning. They're not winning. They're, they're, they're not finding they're, ways to win. The time is nigh. People paint them out to be the Oilers-type start with just one win. That's they're fair. closer. But Eric Carlson has six points. Six points? Sorry, four points in six games. Four points in six yeah. games? Wow. Is that – now, that's not terrible. No, but it's not a 100-point season, Eric Carlson. It's not – production from last year eric carlson no we'll see whether that uh writes itself we've got uh some tickets to give away right yes what color do you want 
13. 13. Did I surprise you there? Well, I, I wasn't sure if you were talking to me or Ryan, so. But I was trying to look at you. Yeah. The, but then the pole's in the way. Yeah, the, the, the pole here. It's weird. It's like I'm dealing with a screen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which side to look on. 702-876-1340. Uh, be caller number 13. Say hi to Chapman and thank him for giving you two tickets to see the Winnipeg Jets against the Vegas Golden Knights next Thursday. Catching up with Chapman's next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Top 10 scores. Jack Hughes is now number one with a real <laughs> rocket. Yeah, uh, three points for Jack Hughes in Tonight. the last... Yeah, in the last... Six and a half minutes. So it brings his point total for the season up to 17 points in wow. six games. Top that, Chapman. I can't. I can't. <laughs> but I'll try, but I, I, I promise you I won't. Uh, so working at a radio station, sometimes really cool things happen. You never know who's going to come through on a day-to-day basis. And I was reminded earlier in the day that there was a time that the great college football coach, Lou Holtz, was doing a podcast from one of the studios here. So... Why it's relevant is, or why I thought it was, why I was thinking about it is, uh, Lou was going to take the bus from our studios here to the Cosmopolitan. And I was having a conversation with him. I said, there's no way, man. You're Lou Holtz. I'm not letting you take the bus. So I ended up giving Lou Holtz a ride from the studios here at Lotus Broadcasting. Why wouldn't you take a cab? I have no idea. No idea. But... So I got to got to ride with uh, with Lou. When was this? Uh, I think it was like six or seven years ago. Did you ever listen to the podcast? I never listened to it. No. Maybe he gave you a shout out. Well, he recorded it previous to me giving him a ride. So maybe he gave you a shout out the next episode. That's possible. Now I didn't you're need... going to have to go back and listen to all I, the I, Lou I don't Holtz need podcasts. the the that that type of. What do you mean? You just Praise. bragged about it. Well, yeah, it was cool that I gave the guy a ride, but I don't need him to be like, "Hey, that guy Chris in Vegas." Because you give yourself, I gave myself all the, I gave myself a pat on the yeah. back. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel, need that, but I was yeah. great. I feel like this was presented as a news story, and it's not. <laughs> no, I don't know. It was a news story. I did from, something nice for somebody from the files of Chris <laughs> Chapman. <laughs> like we're catching up with Chapman, yeah, years <laughs> ago.